Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. So God's kingdom is like a woman who lives in a mediocre apartment with a terrible kitchen, but she puts up with it because um, the rent's affordable. But as soon as she moves in, she decides, I've got to start saving money so that I can move out of this place and buy my own house. And so over the period of about two years, she does, she sacrifices a lot, does overtime, and she's able to save up about $4,800 over the period of two years. Um, Shortly after that, shortly after that, that two year period, she meets a guy and they end up getting married. He moves into her mediocre apartment with her. And after a week of living there, he decides that's it. He can't take it any longer. He decides he's going to take that $4,800 that she has saved and she's, he's going to remodel the kitchen. Would, it, would that be the right decision? Would that be the right thing to do? So, right, first it would be wrong um, to change the purpose of the $4,800, right, that, that he had no part in sacrificing to, to, to get. The, the, the purpose of the money was to buy a home. So the, the, this new recent purpose that he has come up with um, doesn't take priority over the original purpose. The purpose for the money that came first should be given priority. Second, remodeling a, a kitchen in an apartment is stupid, uh, it, 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 it's, that's the silliness. Um, it, it doesn't make sense to invest money in, a, in, in something that's not going to be yours shortly. Uh, it's short-sighted. It's short-sighted for sure. Why invest money on something you're only going to be managing temporarily? Um, it's better to invest something that will last much longer, right? Let me share with you this verse from Ephesians. It says this. God chose us to belong to Christ before the world was created. He chose us to be holy and without blame in his eyes. He loved us. God chose us to belong to Christ before the world was created. He chose us to be holy and without blame in his eyes. He loved us. Before the world began, God had a specific plan for you. Before the world began, he had an idea of what he wanted your life to look like now. He had a plan for you here on earth. Um, Author and pastor John Piper says it this way. He says, the goal of all human behavior is to be for the glory of God. Every second, every second, Like, 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 like Maria was talking about. Every second for the glory of God. To draw attention. To, and so, and, and, let me just clarify what I think that means. Every second for the glory of God. To draw attention to Christ and his greatness. That is what our lives are supposed to be like. How can I, 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 I wake up saying, how can, how can I draw attention to how awesome God is today? And, and if we don't live for that, then, then my life is like investing thousands of dollars in re- remodeling an apartment. Or, or, or better yet, remodeling like uh, my, my motel room, 
It's silliness. It's silliness. We've talked about this before in our, our church family. Um, some of us believe um, that the earth was created thousands of years ago. And some of us believe that the earth was created millions or even billions of years ago. Either way, it doesn't matter, right? Either way, a very long time ago, God decided the purpose of your life before the thousands, before the billions, he had an idea about what you're supposed to be doing here. In our relationships, we agree that if one person sacrificed money and decided a purpose for that money before you come along, it would be wrong it'd be wrong for you to come along and say, the purpose of this money is different now. I'm going to take this money that you sacrificed for, that you decided about what it was for a long time ago, and I'm going to change the purpose of it. That, we, would, we, we would say that would be wrong. So let me say this. A very, very long time ago, God chose for us a purpose that he sacrificed to make that purpose possible. His purpose became before mine. And so it would be wrong for me to come along thousands or billions of years later and say, yeah, I got a different idea for my life. Wouldn't that be wrong? Since the original purpose of your life was to belong to Christ and be for his glory, that's what we should stick to. And the more recent purpose that I come up with in the last 50, you know, 30, whatever, 50 years, it's not better. It wasn't before. His purpose was before ours. And not just that, it's better than ours. His purpose was way before ours. And it's way better than ours. We, um, we consistently invest our most precious resources in things that are not, are not going to last. And some of that, you know, it's necessary. We have to do that. But there are things that we can't hold on to. So... Why invest our best resources in something that you know, you're only going to be managing temporarily? It's far better to invest in something that will not last much longer. And you know, when we talk about that in regards to apartments and houses, you know, like that, that's duh, of course. One of the things the church is made to do is for us to remind one another of our better and our before purpose. Our purpose that God came up with long ago and the purpose that, that, God, that God came up with is way better. We are supposed to remind each other of that. You belong to Christ and you are to live for making him look amazing. That is our purpose. That's what we're supposed to be doing here. We're to live lives chasing and pursuing that. Um, you know, the first, 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 first goal before everything. That's the purpose of our lives. We remind each other of this. This is what I'm here for. When you come here, this, we, we remind each other, this is what we're here for, for the kingdom of Christ, to spend my life serving others, lay down my life for God and his people. This is, this is why I'm alive. And if you're a Jesus follower, when you show up here, if you're a Jesus follower and I talk about these kind of things, you're like, yeah, duh. I mean, that totally. I'm totally in for that. That's, that. that's what I want my life to be about, glorifying God. We're like, yes, we're chosen from the beginning of the world for God's mission and we want to live that mission. And then something happens. And then something happens. We're all about mission. And then something happens. Let me read this to you. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, 
he was being carefully watched. And when he noticed how the guest picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the seat, take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to the host, to this said to his host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your, your rich neighbors. If you do, they might invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the blamed, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Ooh, that's exciting. I shared with some of you before that the nation of Israel, um, the nation of Israel is God's people. And God told them, listen, if you obey me, if you do what I say, um, great things will happen to you. I'll bless you. And if you don't obey me, you end up being destroyed. And you, you, many of you will be turned into slaves. The people disobeyed. And eventually the nation was destroyed. And many were made slaves. Many historians believe that the reason why the group named the, the Pharisees was, was started was because this, this group of people got together and they said, we're going to serve God's people by making sure that this slavery thing never happens again. We're going we're to help God's people learn to follow God's law. We're going to study the law. We're going to know the law forwards and backwards. And we're going to help people obey the law so that we never end up in this situation again. Um, over time, though, the Pharisees began to forget their mission. They, for, they forgot what they were there for. They forgot that there existed to serve. They forgot about people. And some would say they forgot about God. And they, they, their only real goals were, were rule-keeping and self-glorifying. And So Jesus tells this story about how they leverage their, their power. They leverage every situation to get what they want, that to get the best seat in the house, to, get to, to exalt themselves. That's their goal. That's their goal. And Jesus warns them that everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. And he reminds them their purpose, your purpose. Guys, remember when we started this way back, your purpose was to exalt God's kingdom, to look out for people who, who are weaker than you and exalt, lift them up. That was your purpose, to, to give mercy to the people who are the weakest. When they began, they were full of this beautiful mission of keeping people close to God and helping people obey God's law and being for God's glory. And their mission, though, it started to leak out. Their mission starts to leak out. So they're full of a mission, but then their mission starts to leak. And before you know it, they're just left with themselves. They forget their mission. They forget they existed to serve. They forgot about people. When you have an honorable mission, when you've, when you've got a, a, a mission that's about something other than yourself, 
Your mission will leak. Your mission will do this. Your mission will, you'll be full of great things and great ideas. And before you know it, your mission starts leaking. We've all been in situations where you hear somebody great talk. You listen to a, to a, to a podcast or you walk out of a movie or you've heard a great missionary talk and you walk out of there saying, I'm giving up my life for Jesus. I am ready. You, they, they come and they pour their mission into you. And as soon as you walk away, as soon as you walk away, that mission starts to leak. And two weeks later, you forgot it. You're going about your business the same way you did before you watched that movie, before you heard that guy talk. Your mission is leaking. In Luke 14, Jesus teaches the religious leaders to serve people who can't pay them back. In their culture and in our culture too, if we want to be honest, people were often were looking for the opportunity to put somebody who's powerful in our debt. Right? Like, if I do something for, for Maria, then she's in my debt, and then I can leverage that later if I need it. Jesus told them, you are forgetting your purpose. Your mission has leaked out, and you've been just left with yourselves. Your mission is to belong to Christ and make him look glorious by serving people and giving your life up for him. That is why you are here. Have you guys ever, in our, in our city, there's this restaurant called Zingerman's. Have you ever run into some of the employees who work for Zingerman's? Like outside of Zingerman's, like when they're not even there. That you're like, is this a cult? Are you guys crazy? They are so into it. They love it so much. That response to their employer glorifies their employer. It makes you be like, well, maybe I, maybe I need to go to Zingerman's and check that place out. When we come into situations and people fill us up with mission, we say, oh, this is your mission. This is what you were born for. This is what it's all about. And we can hold that mission tight and we don't let that mission leak. And we go out there and we say, Jesus Christ is glorious. We make him look good by giving our lives to him. I want to get frustrated with the religious leaders, but I forget what I'm doing here all the time. When I'm here with you guys, when I'm one-on-one with one of you guys, when I'm in a small group or I'm in a worship service or we go to lunch together and we're talking mission, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I'm chosen before the world began to belong to Christ. I'm living for his glory. And the purpose came before my purpose. I'm coming. I come up with these ideas, though, to live for myself. The second I step off this stage, the second I wake away from our lunch, the second I go back to regular life, the gravity of sin is pulling the mission out of me. And I just go back to, I can be here talking about serving God. And by the time I get done, by the time I get home, I'm complaining that my wife is, is, is interrupting me watching football. Like, when I work with students, I, I, I would stand up and I would, I, would, I would say, okay, you guys, 
this life is all about putting others first. And I'd get done with that talk and we'd get ready to get in the car to leave and they'd be fighting over who gets to sit in the front seat. Like, and I'd be so frustrated by that. That's all of us. We'll sing songs about Christ risen from the dead. And as soon as we get up from our seats, our mission is leaking. It's leaking, it's leaking, it's leaking. And what, what, do, you, what do we do about that? We forget so quickly what our mission is. And when we do, people get hurt. People get hurt. So when Pharisees forget their mission, they step on people. They step on people in order to get to the places of honor. They forget to invite the most vulnerable people to the table. When we think our lives are about getting what we want or having our needs met, we mistreat people when they don't do that. Oh, you're not going to give me what I want? Okay. And I don't think it happens because we're all super sinister or like, ah, we're, we're Hitler. Or it was, I don't think it happens because of that. I think it happens because our true mission is always coming out. It's drifting. It's, come, it's leaking. It is always coming out. And if we are not intentional, we're just left with ourselves. When you're left with yourself, all you got to go, well, what else, what else can I do? This is about me, isn't it? When God first began the nation of Israel, he said, okay, you guys, listen, we're starting this nation. It's really simple. Remember, remember, here's your mission. Love God, serve him only. Love God, serve him only. Remember, when you're busy, I command you to remember. When you become wealthy, I command you to remember. I command you to remember. And, 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 and let me put this disclaimer in here. Just for those of you guys who are, who are super important at your work and you're super busy, this, this runs even faster. This comes out even faster. Those of you guys who are wealthy, and again, if you think you're not wealthy, you're living in America, you, you should rethink that. It's coming out quicker. Those of you guys who are super intelligent, you know, you, you're, you, you're super book smart, you know, you, it's coming out quicker. It's coming. It's coming. And God and walks in those situations, he said, listen, I command you to remember. Remember. So when I read stuff like that, my question is this. How can you command someone to remember? Like when I forget something, someone commanding me to remember, I'm, I'm like, that doesn't help me. That just makes me angry. Remember, Daryl. I'm like, what? <laughs> listen to this. Sing for joy to God, our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. You can't command me to remember. But you could command me to sing, right? Sing for joy to the Lord, to the God, our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to, to follow their own devices if my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him. 
and their punishment would last forever. But you would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock. I would satisfy you. God's command to remember isn't like this unreasonable request to remember something that you keep forgetting. It was his invitation. His invitation to listen to him, to sing to him, to shout to him. It was an invitation to put routines and habits and experiences into your life that would help you remember. Do these things to help you remember. You've got a mission that's leaking all the time, but God wants to fill it. He says, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. Listen to what I'm saying. Act on what I'm doing. As long as we're on earth, our mission's gonna leak. We're, we're gonna get in here, we're gonna worship the Lord, we're gonna be all praising Jesus, and we're gonna walk out of here, and the mission, as soon as you get up, the mission starts to leak. And before you got to your car, you don't even remember what I said. I don't remember what I said. So as long as we live on earth, that's going to be our problem. We will forget our mission and let it slip away from us. But listen to the Lord. Build things into our lives that will help us remember the mission and don't let it slip. Don't let it slip. Don't let it slip. Let me share this with you. Um, This is, you know, certainly you've had a loved one in your life who uh, has forgotten your birthday. And he'll say something like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just forgot. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm so sorry. And the first time it happens, you'll be, under, you'll be like, okay, well, you know, I, I, I get it. I mean, after all, you know, people forget. He just, he, he just forgot. Next year, like over time, like, if you're married to someone and they always forget your birthday every year, you're like, I forgot. Doesn't work anymore, right? You're like, you got to remember. You, write it down. Put it on your calendar. Put it on your phone. Put an alarm. I don't care. Call your mama and ask her to call you the day before my birthday. You must remember this because if you don't, you feel like, what you? come on. Come on. Jesus is commanding us to remember. And what he means is put routines and habits and experiences into your life that will help you remember why you are here because there is a gravity stealing the mission from you every second of your life. In Luke 14, John's, Jesus is telling the story because he's saying, remember the mission, Pharisees, because you've forgotten it and you're behaving like children. In Psalm 81, one of the very first verses, one of the first sentences is, sing for joy to the Lord. Maria gets up here and she talks about singing about the Lord. She's got songs in her mind about the Lord Jesus Christ. And every time she does that, she's filling the mission. And the mission's leaking, but she's like, I'm feeling it more. I'm feeling it more. He says, remember how I brought you guys up out of Egypt. If you, maybe you, you have things in your life where you could step back and you could say, okay, let me remember what God did for me. Has God been there for me in the past? Remember it. Rule it over in your mind. Write it down. 
take a picture of that moment, put it up on your wall and say, mm. every day you walk out of your house, that's it. Whoop, I remember that time where God came through for me. Every time you do that, you're filling your mission cup up and every moment you're away from it, it's leaking. So we have to fight. We have to fight it. It is a fist fight because this world is pulling mission out of us and wanting us to be about ourselves. The author is saying, listen to me. I'll fill you up. I'll fill you with your mission. I'll remind you of what you're doing here. I'll remind you of your purpose for your life that you had before the beginning of the world. So, um, listen, I've been asking our church family to use Sundays as a Sabbath, to use as a day to refresh. One of the things that happens on my Sabbath is this. When I'm pausing, I'm, I'm going, rushing, 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 rushing. And then on my Sabbath, when I'm pausing, I'm like, oh, I forgot something. I want to invite you. We've been inviting our, those of you who have not heard, we've been inviting our church family to use Sundays as a Sabbath, to use it as a day to refresh, to use it as a day to, uh, to, to do things that give you life. If you need help developing what those ideas might be, those habits, those routines might be, um, you can go to arborbridgechurch.com forward slash Sabbath and download a tool to help. But I also wanted you to know that Sabbath is a time when things go slower and it's an opportunity to remember, oh, this is what I'm here for. Oh, this is why I exist here. Why are we coming to church again? Why are we doing this? What are we supposed to be doing here? Why did you take your job? What are you trying to accomplish? Why are you booking up your calendar with all these things? What is your mission? Has it leaked out completely? Sabbath is meant to be a time to remind you of your mission. It's a time when you go slow enough to listen to the Lord, to listen for him in our interactions with each other, in a song, when you're reading the word, let him speak to you through his word, reading it and listening for what he wants to remind us of. Let him open up your mouth wide and let him fill it. Let him fill it. So as I, as I close uh, the sermon portion of our, you know, this, uh, what we're doing today, uh, I want to ask you to read something later on your own. Um, Hebrews 13, Ephesians 4. I've been reading Ephesians 4 with a, with a group of friends together the past couple weeks. Uh, lots of great things in that that I'd love for our church family to be about, to become. Um, but it's, I, I forget them so quick. I'll read it and 15 minutes later, I read them and I say, yes, that's who I need to be. But the second I finish, the second I finish, the mission is starting to leak. Let the Lord continually fill us with his mission for our lives. Let me pray. Uh, let me pray for us that we'd be able to do that. Um, and then I just have a, a few, couple other thoughts before I uh, dismiss you. Dear Father.
before the world began, you had a mission for us. You had a purpose for our lives that is grander than any mission we would come up with for ourselves. So your mission was before our missions and our ideas about what our lives should be be about. And your mission is better than our ideas and about what our lives should be about. Pray. You know, you know our hearts. You know that all the time your mission is leaking out and our mission is filling up. I pray that you would continually fill us with your mission for our lives. And I pray that you would help us, help us as a church family, help us individually, um, help, us, help our individual families and help us personally to put things into our, our church's life, the lives of our family, put routines and experiences and habits into our lives that remind us what our purpose is and what our mission is so that we don't live useless, worthless lives dedicated to ourselves. While we're sitting in this room, we know that's what we want. But when we walk away from this building, we know that mission's going to leak. Help us. Help us. We need you to fill us with your mission. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, a couple quick quick thoughts, quick announcements I want to bring up to you. Um, so again, love for you to read Ephesians 4. Part of what Ephesians 4 is about is this idea of we are all one in Christ. It starts off with this idea, we're one in Christ, and then it moves to this idea that even though you're one in Christ, you're all different. You all bring different things to the table. That difference that you bring to the table makes the body of Christ full and complete and mature and powerful because those differences, through those differences, we become better. We become better. September 11th um, of this year is a Sunday, so hopefully you can be there. On that day, what I'd like to do is share a shortened sermon. I'd like to have a conversation with you. Um, And that conversation is going to be about Roe v. Wade being overturned. Um, Shortly, I'm sure you all know Roe v. Wade was overturned just a little bit ago. Um, And I'd like for us to have a chance to talk about that a little bit. Uh, Normally, in church world and nice social circles, what do we do? We avoid talking about things like that because you don't want to get in a fist fight, right? We avoid talking about things like that. Here's the problem. In Ephesians 4, it talks about this idea of our differences, differences of opinion make us stronger. It says, speak the truth in love, And the differences that we bring to the table make us stronger. So we can go around avoiding talking about hard things and be weaker for it. Or we can be mature. Adults can have conversations when we disagree and not act like imbeciles. And we can be stronger. So I want to invite you to be a part of that. Let me say this, though, about that. Next week, September 4th, I have a lead-up sermon before September 11th. And it's really important, if, you're not, if you can't be here next week, you still need, we'll put it on the podcast, we'll put it on the website, you need to listen to it before you come on September 11th. 
Because I'm going to be teaching towards how you have conversations with people that you might disagree with and not act like somebody Jesus would be embarrassed of. I'm going to be teaching towards that. So if you want to come, maybe, and so maybe you're going to come on the 11th and you didn't, you said, oops, I didn't get to listen to the sep- what happened on September 4th. That's great. You should come. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to tell you. Don't say anything. Just listen. Just listen. And here's, what, here's what I've discovered getting ready for this, this message. Um, I, I started doing this on my own for me. I started calling. Some of you, I've, I've talked with some of you guys about your response to Roe v. Wade or just abortion in general. And I asked you what you thought about it. And then I just listened. And mind-blowing, mind-blowing things that I would have never thought of. Perspectives that I would, on both sides, things that I never considered that you guys brought to the table. And I would say this about that. This makes me, makes me stronger and better, a better version of a Jesus follower. And, and, and yeah, be here next, next Sunday, September 4th. I'm going to talk more about that. Read Ephesians 4. Read Ephesians 4. Hebrews 13. Read Ephesians 4. Hebrews 13. And then uh, come on the 11th, ready to uh, speak the truth in love. Let me share this with you. May you know and have full confidence that God is with you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.